Welcome to Roleplay Rescue's Solo Tales, a podcast recounting the solo tabletop role-playing adventures played by me, the host of Roleplay Rescue, Che Webster. The core of the game is being played with basic role-playing by the Chaosium and the Mythic GM emulator deck. There are adult themes and some pretty gory moments of combat, so listener discretion is advised. All that said, I hope you'll enjoy the story that emerges and stick around to find out what happens next. This is Roleplay Rescue Solo Tales, Season 1, Episode 4, Into the Tower. Rescue! Jay, it's Anthony calling in from the road and the Casting Shadows podcast and blog and all that nonsense. I've just finished listening to the second installment of your solo play of Craig's Ruin and enjoyed it just as much as the, as the first and interestingly, for completely different reasons, because this time you gave us access to more of your view of the, the setting information and the, the rich fantasy details that come along with it. So that was was really engaging. All right. A question that came up for me uh, during play was about uh, your sidestep into magic worlds. I was really curious which one of the magic worlds you had stepped into whether that was you know, the original from Worlds of Wonder or from an interim version or from, I guess, what we call the current version of Magic World, which is the adaptation of Stormbringer 5th Edition and Elric. So I'm kind of curious about that. And if you were choosing between those options, what went into making the choice or if you did it because that's what you had available to you. Anyway... Good choice, I think, and I'm looking forward to the next installment. Thanks very much for all the effort it took to share it, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for the call-in, Anthony. Great questions as well. And first of all, just thanks for the feedback. It is great. I think you and the next caller, Simon, are probably the reason I'm sitting down and recording this again today to an episode four. So if you're enjoying it, please keep the messages coming in. Um, but Anthony, um, thank you so much for the question. Now, regarding Magic World, well, I have it in front of me. Um, it's the basic role-playing in the worlds of Epic Adventure. Um, and inside the front cover here, it's a revised version 1.1, which I believe is the current version of Magic World that you can get from Drive-Thru RPG. Um, it was published in 2012. And the reason I picked it is simply because it was to hand. I have quite a few BRP bits, uh, especially in monograph stuff, um, in a folder on my Dropbox. And when I was looking through, it just appealed to me, uh, really, to have a look. And then I liked the character creation stuff. And I kind of went with it from there. And as you're picking up from the show, probably from the last episode, actually, I'm starting to modify things too. But, yep, that's where it comes from. And, well, I hope that answers your question. Hey, Jay, Simon Williams here. I've just been listening to your Solo Tales episode two fantastic stuff absolutely loved it um great storytelling great narrative 
great explanation of the BRP rules. Um, really love the, the scene uh, with the spirit combat. Um, great stuff. I want to hear more. Please, please do more, because I want to hear more. Okay, take care. Thanks a lot. Bye. Previously on Roleplay Rescue's Solo Tales. Aelin, Beric and Caleb have been asked by the old widow Marsham to return to Crag's Ruin and confirm that it was indeed the lair of the rogue bear they encountered and killed. As they approached the old round tower on the hill, Beric warned his friends to tread carefully. Caleb moved forward, spear in hand, to explore the dark archway in the tower only to discover that the old ruin was being defended by animated skeletons. Battle ensued, after which the heroes were victorious, but Aelin and Caleb were also injured. After time spent resting and patching up wounds as best as possible, including Aelin using his newly learned healing magic, the group took a look around. They were in a large, enclosed space, and the roof was more or less intact, forming a chamber within the circular stone walls, It was perhaps 20 yards across, with rotted wooden timbers supporting what looked like a plastered ceiling. Along the wall, rising in a semicircle towards the ceiling, was a stone staircase leading to a rectangular hole in the floor, presumably up to the next level of the tower. They stepped slowly and carefully up the stone stairs, rising toward the hole in the ceiling. Caleb was keeping his eyes peeled, but didn't notice the tiny glyph painted onto the stone step right near the top. As he stepped onto it, a wave of fear rose up and threatened to overwhelm him. This is a fear spell enchanted into the glyph on the step. Caleb must resist the effects with a power resistance roll. I'll assume the spell is power 10, so... Caleb needs 70% or less. 58 is a success. The fear was strong, but Caleb managed to bring himself under control, panting with the effort. What's wrong? asked Aelin behind him, noticing the big man hesitate. Not sure, but it was like I wanted to run away, like a wave of fear came over me. But I'm alright now. Caleb took a deep breath and stepped forward, up into the passageway that lay beyond. It was dark up here, and he could only see a few yards, noting the curving corridor that went off ahead of him. Anyone got a light? asked Caleb. Beric laughed. Coming all this way, and we didn't think to bring a light. Wait there. Beric ran back down the steps and started looking around for a large enough piece of bone from the shattered skeletons. He found a fairly intact leg bone and then started looking for some cloth or brush to wrap around it. Can Beric find anything useful? I'd say there's a 50-50 chance. Yes. Hmm. Let's test his search. Any result except a fumble will find useful material, but a success... Well, it might find a trapdoor too. Ooh, 92 is a fail. A few minutes passed as Beric struck sparks on a stone and lit the brush he found. Finding strips of dry cloth, perhaps the remnants of some old tunic, Beric was able to improvise a torch. 
it'll burn for an hour plus or minus well i don't know 1d4 times 5 minutes r2 that makes it 50 minutes or 10 exploration turns Beric held the torch aloft, spreading light in a pool about them. Caleb advanced, now able to see the corridor ahead of them. Forward they went, slowly and carefully. The first thing Caleb noticed was a spread of coins scattered across the old wooden floorboards, which creaked as he moved forward. Then he noticed the webs across the passageway ahead. And finally, he saw the outline of a web-covered lump suspended high in the webs, not far from what looked like a door at the end of the passage. Spiders, Caleb hissed. Are there any giant spiders? Seems likely. Yeah. Right then. I need stats for a giant spider. I'm going to go and mine an old RuneQuest resource, the Gateway Bestiary. To keep things reasonable, I'll make it a two-yard spider. Entering combat. Is the corridor wide enough for two abreast? 50-50 chance. Yes. Round one. Intentions. The spider will spit webbing on Caleb. Caleb will close with his spear and shield, seeking to stab the spider. Aelin will throw his javelin at the spider. Beric will charge forward and engage the spider with his club. The spider rears up on four legs and spits webs towards Caleb. Needing 65%, 43 is a hit. Caleb has his shield up, so there is a 15% chance he will block the webbing, enough to avoid the effect. 64 is a fail. He's coated in thick webs of strength four. Beric runs forward and strikes at the spider, but he'll connect five dex ranks later because of the run. Caleb needs to break out of the web, so he must make a resistance roll, strength 10 versus strength 4, an 80% chance. A 7 is a special success, so I'll rule he can keep moving to close with the spider, but just not attack it. Aelin throws his javelin. 87 is a miss. Beric makes his blow with a club. And 90 is a miss too. Round 2. Intentions. Engaged in the fight, the two-yard spider makes a bite attack on... I'll order one, it's Caleb. Beric will smash at the spider with his club. Caleb will stab at it with his spear and Aelin will ready his spear and advance to stand behind his friends. The spider bites at Caleb. To miss. Beric swings his club and is on target while the spider tries to dodge and succeeds. Caleb stabs out with the spear but goes wide of the mark. Aelin closes spear in hand. Round three. Intentions. The two-yard spider will try again to bite at Caleb. All the heroes will try and strike the spider. The spider's bite misses. 
Barrett's club swings towards the spider, which dodges, but isn't quick enough this time. Barrett's club deals five points of damage. The furry skin of the spider protects against two points, so that's three through. The spider squeals with the pain. Caleb follows up with his spear and scores a special hit for double damage. The spider doesn't have enough dodge skill to make a second attempt this round. 11 points scored is enough to skewer the spider and kill it. The battle is over. Beric was panting and Caleb was coated in the sticky webbing. But Aelin was glad the spider was dead. It could have been far worse, he reasoned. Cutting through the webs to retrieve his javelin was awkward, but Beric still had the torch in hand and began to burn the webbing, melting it back. Eventually, they found the mummified and drained body, cutting it down to reveal the spiderlings feeding inside. The sight made Aelin want to vomit, but Beric's torch made short work of the little beasts. At length, Beric noticed a small leather pouch tied to the poor soul's belt and cut it loose. The figure was unusual, not like the villagers of Burford, but much more tanned of skin and wearing pelts. They also found a spear on the floor, halfway along the corridor, covered in webs and forgotten. It had runic markings that nobody recognised, so Aelin decided they would return it to the shaman. The pouch contained six bronze coins of the type that were occasionally found and traded between villagers. Things have gone the hero's way, so I will reduce the chaos factor by one. The PCs are standing before a door in the tower, and I think they'll want to go through it. Now I'm expecting a chamber beyond. Day one, a little after midday. Party status. Aelin, 7 out of 13 hit points. Beric, 12 out of 12 hit points. Caleb, 14 out of 15 hit points. Time left on Torch, 40 minutes. Having picked up the coins on the passageway floor and looted the desiccated corpse, the three men had collected 12 bronzes. Although the villagers didn't really use them, the bronze coins were welcomed by travelling merchants and when buying things in the larger town of Jarlberg, down the river. Aelin slipped them into his own pouch and promised to split them when they got home. They were standing in the web-filled corridor which curved around the outer wall of the tower. In front of them, once they burned through the webs, was an iron-bound wooden door with a keyhole. Presumably, it led to whatever chamber featured on this floor. With a shrug, Beric grabbed hold of the door's rusted iron ring and turned it. Is the door locked? Seems like a 50-50 chance. Exceptional, yes. Okay, then. As he turned the door's rings and pushed, Beric felt the resistance of the door's bolt. Evidently, the reason why this level of the tower was undisturbed wasn't just because of the spider. It's locked, I think, said Beric. But perhaps that means there's something of value in there? Aelin nodded and Caleb smiled. Can we open the door? he asked. Aelin shook his head. I've not really tried and 
I don't have any tools that might help. Beric grinned and said, Perhaps the best bet would be to put my shoulder to that bolt and see if time's weathering has weakened the frame. The door is locked and iron bound. I need to give it a strength so that Beric can try and break it with his own strength. I figure it's a strong door with those iron bindings, but that the lock is the real vulnerability. With no solid numbers in the rulebook, this is a moment for a ruling. I reckon the iron bolt and frame is strength 15. Beric's strength is 13, so that means he needs 40% or less. The roll is 71. Beric shoved at the door with his shoulder and crashed against it with considerable force. Still, the door held and all he did was shake loose dust and make a lot of noise. The torch flickered in the passageway as the youths looked at one another. Caleb spoke next. I guess I could hit it with my battle axe, but that's not really what this is made for. What you really want is a wood axe. Aelin shook his head. We don't have all day to stand here and chop at the door. What we need is something small and thin, preferably metal or, you know, something to try and pick that lock. Or a key, chuckled Beric. Aelin looked at the big man and smiled. Not such a bad idea. Maybe a search downstairs will turn up the key, or at least maybe we'll find a useful tool. With that, the group turned back and stepped back down the stairs to the ground floor chamber. First, I've drawn for the scene set up and we have an altered scene. Mythic tells me that this should be the expected scene with a small twist or change, quote, the next most likely scene, end quote. As the party is expecting to go back downstairs and find things unchanged, it's logical that someone or something is disturbing that scene. Not being sure what, I decide to draw for description. Animals. Hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is rats. While I'm here, I decide to check and see if the key is hidden among the debris. Is there a key to find? I'll draw, but it seems unlikely. Exceptional no. Still, they might find the trapdoor. Oh, and as for the rats, well, I, uh, I decided to do something a little bit different. It's a little something straight out of the classic RuneQuest rulebook. As they came down the stairs, Caleb paused as he saw the bulky shapes snuffling around on the floor below. Rubble runners, he hissed. Picture a large, rat-shaped creature, about half a yard long. Move the corners of the mouth back to the front shoulders and open the mouth about 60 degrees to reveal a row of sharp, pointed teeth. Cover the whole gruesome thing with armadillo-like scale. Realise that it is always hungry and runs in packs and you have a rubble runner. They are usually only found in ruins and underground. How many? Well, let's roll. 1d6 plus 1. 7. Crap. The heroes are up on the narrow stairs, so it's an advantage because they can defend it with Caleb up front, but then 
Rubble runners are still called that because they know how to climb. I reckon they are 60% climbers. How do the rubble runners react? Time to roll on the reaction table. This is also grabbed right out of RuneQuest. But weirdly, neither Magic World nor BRP have one. I reckon they are basically neutral, being wild animals. The roll. 76. Encountered creatures take an active dislike to the party, just short of blind hatred. Oh, okay then. Let's get into it. Order of Dex ranks is Rubble Runners, Beric, Caleb, and Aelin. Thank you for listening to Roleplay Rescue's Solo Tales. I hope you've enjoyed episode four. Thanks to the Roleplay Rescue patrons who support the show through patreon.com slash rpgrescue. These loyal listeners have early access to all my episodes, both here and on the main Roleplay Rescue show. Plus, they get to hear my rambling weekly GM's journal audio diary. Without them, this show just wouldn't exist. If, like our callers at the top of the show, you want to call in, use speakpipe.com slash roleplayrescue, where you can record a short message. And a big thanks again to Anthony and Simon, who called in at the top of the show. And that's about it. I hope you'll join me again next time, whenever that is. And until then, well, you know, game on. <laughs>